Hello, and welcome to Morning Prayer at St. Paul's Lutheran Church in Edison, New Jersey. I thank God that we are able to be together in prayer this morning. This is Saturday, and we're in the fourth week of the Easter season. Easter is not just a day, it is a season made up of a week of weeks. This week we continue our reading in the Acts of the Apostles. Please feel free to send me an email with any stories or insights or questions that might arise this week. You can send them to me at pastorjim2006 at icloud.com. And now we begin our time of prayer in silence. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love, O God, that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Praise to the blessed and holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God who gives life, salvation, and resurrection. Alleluia. The Son of Righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. O come, let us worship and praise. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before God's presence with thanksgiving and raise a loud shout to the Lord with psalms. For you, Lord, are a great God and a great ruler above all gods. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. In your hand are the caverns of the earth. The heights of the hills are also yours. The sea is yours, for you made it, and your hands have molded the dry land. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For the Lord is our God, and we are the people of God's pasture and the sheep of God's hand. Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout for joy to the rock of our salvation. You have been born anew through the abiding word of God. A reading from Acts, chapter 18. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had already arrived from Italy with Priscilla, his wife, due to Claudius's edict banishing all Jews from Rome. Paul paid them a visit, and because they were in the same business, he stayed with them and worked. They were, by trade, tent makers. Paul argued every Sabbath in the synagogue and persuaded both Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was putting great energy into the task of bearing forth white right witness to the Jews that the Messiah really was Jesus. When they opposed him and blasphemed, he shook out his clothes. Your blood be on your own heads, he said. I am innocent. From now on I shall go to the Gentiles. He moved on from the synagogue and went into the house of a man named Titius Justus, a God-fearer who lived opposite the synagogue. But Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord with all his household, and many of the Corinthians heard about it, came to faith, and were baptized. The Lord spoke to Paul by night in a vision. Don't be afraid, he said. Speak on, and don't be silent, because I am with you, and nobody will be able to lay a finger on you to harm you. There are many of my people in this city. He stayed there eighteen months, teaching the word of God among them. When Gallio was proconsul of Achaia, the Jews made a concentrated attack on Paul and led him to the official tribunal. This man, they said, is teaching people to worship God in illegal ways. Paul was getting ready to speak when Gallio intervened. 
Look here, you Jews, he said to them. If this was a matter of serious wrongdoing or some wicked villainy, I would receive your plea in the proper way. But if this is a dispute about words, names, and laws within your own customs, you can sort it out among yourselves. I don't intend to be a judge in such matters. Then he dismissed them from the tribunal. But the crowd seized Sosthenes, the ruler of the synagogue, and beat him right there in front of the tribunal. Gallio, however, totally ignored this. Paul stayed on for several more days with the Corinthians, and then said his farewell and sailed away to Syria, taking Priscilla and Aquila with him. In St. Crei, he had his hair cut off, since he was under his vow. When they arrived at Ephesus, he left them there, while he himself went into the synagogue and disputed with the Jews. When they asked him to stay with them a little longer, he refused and took his leave. I will come back to you again, he said, if that's God's will. Then he left Ephesus and went to Caesarea. Then he went up to Jerusalem, greeted the church, and went back to Antioch. When he had spent some time there, he went off again and traveled from one place to another throughout the region of Galatia and Phrygia, encouraging all the disciples. Now there arrived in Ephesus a Jew named Apollos, who came from Alexandria. He was an eloquent man and powerful when it came to expounding scripture. He had received instruction in the way of the Lord. He was an enthusiastic speaker and taught the things about Jesus accurately, even though he only knew the baptism of John. When he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him to one side and expounded the way of God to him more accurately. He wanted to go across to Achaia. The Christians in Ephesus, by way of encouragement, wrote letters to the church there to welcome him. On his arrival, his work made a considerable impact through God's grace on the believers, since he openly and powerfully refuted the Jews by demonstrating from the scriptures that the Messiah really was Jesus. The word of the Lord. We cover a lot of ground and a lot of time passes in this chapter. At the same time, we are witnessing the church grow in miraculous ways in two major cities, Corinth and Ephesus. But perhaps the most important development happens when the charges that the rulers of the synagogue in Corinth level against Paul are dismissed by Gallio. When Gallio rules that the fight between Paul and the synagogue is a fight over the Jewish interpretation of Jewish scripture and tradition, he extends over them the protection the synagogue has received as an ancient religion. He extends that now to Christians. This ruling sets a precedent and gives the fledgling church a chance to stabilize and start to mature. The Holy Spirit takes advantage of this lull in persecution to, to strengthen and grow and bring new people into this mix. We meet three new people in this chapter, Priscilla, Aquila, and Apollos. The Holy Spirit uses these three to strengthen the churches in Ephesus and Corinth, and even though the story of Acts mostly follows Paul's missionary journeys, it helps us to see how many others are playing such important roles in the life of these new communities. They teach and preach and admonish one another, According to the witness of the apostles, 
They, they open their homes and their businesses to each other. They give generously to support the apostles in their mission. They help the apostles and their companions in their travels and trials, even hiding them from mobs and sneaking them out of town. But most importantly, they provide the stable leadership, guidance, and ongoing witness in their local community once the apostles move on. We're a people who love our celebrities, our famous, our heroes. And so it's easy to think that the growth of the church comes through Paul's brilliant and heroic efforts. But it is still the Holy Spirit who is inspiring and connecting people to love and to care and support each other. As Paul will write to the church in Corinth, each of us in the body is important. Each of us has a gift and God is at work in the whole system and the whole network to bring light and life to the whole world and to open up the time and the space to minister. As we continue through the story, I hope you are starting to see how important you are to the health and well-being of Christ's church and to our witness to the good news of Jesus Christ here. You are part of this story, too. You have a role and a partnership in Jesus' mission to love, save, and bless the world. I wonder how the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding you to build up the body of Christ through the gifts that you have been given. Amen. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Blessed are you, Lord, the God of Israel. You have come to your people and set them free. You have raised up for us a mighty Savior born of the house of your servant David. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. Through your holy prophets, you promised of old to save us from our enemies, from the hands of all who hate us, to show mercy to our forebears and to remember your holy covenant. This was the oath you swore to our father Abraham to set us free from the hands of our enemies, free to worship you without fear, holy and righteous before you all the days of our life. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, and you, child, shall be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go before the Lord to prepare the way, to give God's people knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us, to shine on those who dwell in darkness in the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. In the tender compassion of our God, the dawn from on high shall break upon us. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Mighty God of mercy, we thank you for the resurrection dawn, bringing the glory of our risen Lord, who makes every day new. Especially we thank you for the sustaining goodness of your creation, for the new creation in Christ and all gifts of healing and forgiveness, for the gifts of relationship with others, for the communion of faith in your church. For what else are we thankful? Merciful God of might, renew this weary world. Heal the hurts of all your children and bring about your peace for all in Christ Jesus, the living Lord. Especially we pray for those who govern the nations of the world. For people in countries ravaged by strife, warfare, plague, illness, for all who are working to bring peace in international harmony, health, healing, and well-being. 
for all who strive to save the earth from carelessness and destruction, and for the Church of Jesus Christ in every land. For who else, and for what else, do we pray this morning? Almighty and everlasting God, you have brought us in safety to this new day. Preserve us with your mighty power, that we may not fall into sin nor be overcome in adversity. In all we do, direct us to the fulfilling of your purpose, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom, and teach us to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. Go forth into the world to serve God with gladness. Be of good courage. Hold fast to that which is good. Render to no one evil for evil. Strengthen the faint-hearted. Support the weak. Help the afflicted. Honor all people. Love and serve God, rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God.